Good morning and welcome back to the Morning Briefing. It's Thursday, July 14th, episode 181. I'm Phil Brandt and with me, as always, is your friend of mine, Burt Garland, shareholder with Ogletree Deacons. Together, we bring practical, timely, and accurate insight into today's workplace, as it is our goal to keep you informed so you can more effectively lead your organization. Bert, uh, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for going solo without me, but I hear you and Luther had a very good discussion, had lots of feedback from, from our listeners based on that. Um, great job. Thank you very much for covering that. Um, and uh, I, I know that the the listeners more than ever had lots of comments. Um, I just wanted to share that with you. I don't know if you've had a chance to see some of those comments yet. I had, and we we really did have a great discussion. The only negative I would say is that it was limited to a half hour. I feel like we could have gone on uh, for hours and hours and and really gotten down to the to the meat of, of some of the issues that employers are facing, but we did give a kind of an overview. We appreciate comments from, uh, I know uh, people asked for another session with Luther. People were very complimentary, thanking us both for a good discussion, excellent discussion. Uh, it'd be great. Phil, uh, so, just so you know, so, some folks want uh, Luther to be uh, brought in for your annual leadership uh, conference and do a session. Uh, they they were really happy with the uh, discussion that we had. We've we've already marked him down on the list uh, for that. Uh, good thinking there, Dolores. I appreciate the the suggestion on that. Um, you know, Bert. I guess when I break it down, I, here's how I see it. Like. We've had lots of good feedback and discussion. You and I talked a little bit about it. We got a little feedback. It was all right. We bring Luther on and bam, look what happened. I'll go back to Jamaica and you can have the next three weeks with Luther and you guys just explore that. And when you're done, give me a call, come back. Yeah, uh, I, 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 for, some reason, I don't, I, for some reason, I don't think we're going to be able to do that, Phil. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, um, quick update on my vacation trip. I'll, I'll give you real quick. Um, went... Uh, we were going to Jamaica for my 30th anniversary um, celebration trip with my wife. And nevertheless, we had lots of problems and delays getting there. And we got delayed a day, ended up in Washington, in Baltimore. My wife has not been to see Washington, D.C. necessarily. So I'm like, well, let's go and spend some time in Washington, D.C. So we did. We didn't get there until about 830 in the evening. And we wanted to just do some of the sightseeing and try and get back before midnight, only to discover I leave my phone in the Uber car. She oh left God. her phone back in the hotel in her purse. And it is just a horrible feeling to be stuck in a in a city where you don't really know anyone uh, and you're not real familiar with your way around with absolutely no phone and no way to get back to Baltimore because you plan to Uber back. Um, just a horrible experience. I'll tell you more about it after the show, but do not lose your phone. Uh, don't put your wallet with your phone. That's important because that was the lifesaver is that I didn't have all my credit cards stuck with my phone. Just a little travel tip for everyone. Now, Phil, so did right. you get your phone? Did you get your phone back? Long story short, I got my phone back early the next morning, like, you know, close to 1 a.m. Um, and I, I, I'll have to tell that story another time. It's a long story, but yes, uh, eventually I did get it back. Um, but that's a whole nother story how that had to happen. Uh, yeah. That's a good lesson of why you always 
you need to pack your fanny pack because you keep your little quarters, <laughs> keep your little quarters in there, and you can find the closest payphone, and you'll be taken care of. Oh yeah, right. There's no payphones there. All right, uh, let's move on. Okay, Bert, we got lots to lots to talk about. Um, we do have a poll question for today. I want to um, remind everyone you can participate, and we love your participation. It helps to show um, deliver its objective, which is serving you. One, you can submit questions just by hitting a uh, question mark. Uh, you can comment um, uh, into the chat. We're always happy to have that. And you can participate in the poll question of the day, which we really appreciate. And here's the poll question of the day. How likely is your organization to be affected by overturning Roe versus Wade? Now, I want us to pause and think about that for a minute. It's an important question. How likely is your organization to be affected by overturning Roe versus Wade? not likely, somewhat likely, very likely, in absolute certainty, we have already been affected. It's a simple question, and it's easy for me to go, oh, not likely. But if I think about, okay, now I have to make different benefit questions. Um, I may have some uh, unrest within my workers and different subgroups and how they feel about this, if it does work its uh, way into the discussion in the break room, um, as well as um, one state versus another state and how we are able to treat employees equally or differently because of this ruling. So I think as you think about that question, give it a little deeper thought. would love to have your answers. Bert, I think to help them with that would be great if we got an overview again. Again, what exactly does this new Dobbs ruling mean for us as employers? So, Phil, we did we chatted about this a couple of weeks ago when the decision uh, came out, and there there was uh, quite a bit of attention uh, foisted on this issue in the immediate aftermath with uh, protests and uh, violence uh, in in some cities. Uh, so, just to to make sure everybody's reading from the the same sheet of music here, following Dobbs, there's no longer a federal constitutionally protected right to abort a pregnancy. And without a federal constitutional right, individual states are now free to decide how to regulate or restrict abortion services. It's obviously very unclear at this point uh, whether states, whether certain states may completely prohibit abortion services where continuation of the pregnancy threatens the life of the mother. We do know that uh, Missouri was the first state in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision to uh, ban abortions. I have not had a chance to look in detail uh, at what that ban says. Uh, I, I, I do believe that that ban still allows for uh, abortions where the uh, pregnancy would threaten the life of the mother up to a certain uh, point in time. But I, I do need to look at that in more detail. But uh, so the, the other question, Phil, that I'm getting quite a bit uh, is when does Dobbs take effect? And that was immediately. As soon as the Supreme Court issued its decision, they abolished the constitutionally or the federal constitutionally protected right to abort a pregnancy. And uh, so some states uh, have retained pre-Roe versus Wade abortion laws, uh, which may again take effect. These are, uh, we've heard a lot about these states having what are called trigger laws that were set to take effect either immediately or within a set time after the Dobbs decision or upon some action 
such as certification by the state attorney general. And then, of course, uh, some states are expected to pass new laws restricting abortion, while other states are expected to strengthen protections for abortion. The state-level responses and the guidance are currently evolving, and uh, you know we will try to uh, keep keep up to date on on what those states, various states, are doing. The media obviously will be on top of this, but it is amazing to me. Uh, you know, obviously, the this this decision is important to a lot of people. Uh, depending on you know, and, and it it doesn't depend on which side of the fence you're on. If you're on one side of the fence or the other, uh, it's important to you. And uh, but but it is interesting to me how with the news cycle in this country, uh, how you know we we look at the 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 protests that were taking place a couple weeks ago and how that has definitely calmed down in the last couple weeks. Yeah, and. And my guess is it's going to calm down and then it's going to heat back up as we get into the political season. Yeah. Um, but but let's break it down for what it means for the the CEOs, the business owners, the HR professionals um, who have done and are getting ready to do employee health care meetings. Um, yeah. And so let's just create some scenarios if we can uh, for the purpose of discussion, because um, I'm just quickly looking at the survey results are still rolling in. And, you know, I, I would say just uh, over half right now are suggesting, oh, it's it's not likely to affect their workplace at all. And I think on the surface, I would agree with that uh, in most cases. Um, but if we take a, a state um, like Missouri, which immediately stopped its abortion services, except for what is required by by the Dobbs decision, um, let's take that into consideration. We've had large organizations across the board and, and lots of industries come out, particularly led by the tech industries, saying, we will, we will pay for it. We'll pay for travel. We'll do all these things. There was these immediate responses. And now in making a decision in shaping our healthcare plan, particularly for the self-insured or those who are buying the services, they're going to have to decide do I put abortion services of some type in or out of the plan? There's a decision to make what's going to be covered. And that's going to be made in a conference room with, you know, with a few leaders um, who are going to have political views on this themselves. And then they're going to have, you know, health concerns for their employees. And that's may or may not be in contrast with each other. And then we have to go in front of our employees and we have to share our health care plan. And someone's going to raise their hand. Because if we don't mention it, someone's going to raise their hand and say, can you share with me what does our plan cover this year? I can see the rate increase. I can see what's happening with my co-pays. What about the abortion um, services in our health care plan? What's covered? What's not covered? And that that's a hard question to answer. Um, to make everyone okay, because there's going to be people with different opinions, independently of what our opinion may be um, in making uh, that decision, or the HR manager may not make the decision, but is responsible for delivering the decision. And I think that's the point in which this becomes um, contentious before it then calms down and, and goes away and becomes less of an issue. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts on that is, but I, I can see this playing out and there needs to be a script 
prepared, at least uh, in the mental script of how we're going to respond to that? Yeah, I, I, my hunch, Phil, and again, it's it's just a, a hunch here, is that uh, if, if you as the employer, if you're not, uh, if your health plan is not offering uh, coverage for abortion services, I think that you will have some employees that are up in arms about that and, and, and that will turn it in uh, to, to, to a bigger issue. Uh, and, and, you know, my, my guess is, is that they'll turn it into a bigger issue because they're legitimately concerned uh, that, that they may need those services and, and the plan's not going to cover it. Uh, again, my hunch on the flip side is, is that if you are offering those services through the health plan um, and people don't agree with you offering that, I don't think that they're going to make uh, a huge deal of that within the organization. I might, again, just a hunch, I just don't think that they're going to be up in arms about it uh, uh, if you are offering it, uh, but I think if you aren't offering it, that that will create some issues. Um, you know, I, I think I people think... might be more more dissatisfied. If I'm if my early assessment would be, you might have more verbal dissatisfaction by not offering it than you would if you offered it. And those who are opposed to you offering it, I suggest might be the path of least resistance through the verbal dissatisfaction or the outward of display. Um, only because we're a little bit conditioned now in time that this has been going on um, where, where Roe versus Wade was upheld. So I, I think there's an interesting point there that that's going to take place and, and a decision. And my point is you have to think through your response so you can move it forward with as little disruption one way or the other. Yeah, and, and I think that some of the other questions that I'm seeing out there, and we did see, uh, like you mentioned before, that a lot of the tech sector uh, and, and some of the larger corporations in the country immediately came out and stated that they were going to pay for employee travel expenses uh, necessary to travel to a state where the abortion services are available. And that is probably for the most part permissible. Employers are, are using a variety of approaches to offer options to employees. Uh, the employers may generally offer to pay abortion-related travel expenses or even a broader range of medically related travel expenses, not just for abortion, but a broader range of medically related uh, travel expenses, either in association with an existing health plan or as a freestanding benefit. Now, because these travel expenses are closely tied to medical services, I definitely caution employers, you have to be careful about planning for this, that you comply with ERISA, uh, the Internal Revenue Code and other federal laws, as well as applicable state insurance, and potentially, potentially, dare I say, criminal laws. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Self-funded plans may also want to coordinate such provisions with their third-party administrators, uh, and stop loss insurers. So I mentioned the C word just a minute ago. Yes, I mean the criminal law uh, that people need to, to take into consideration. There are states out there that have, uh, that, that make it a crime for quote unquote aiding and abetting uh, violations under their certain, under those states' laws. And so right now, 
The question is, could employers that reimburse travel expenses for abortions be held liable for aiding and abetting violations under certain state laws? And right now, uh, the answer to that is not clear. Certain states' laws, such as like the fetal heartbeat laws in Texas and Oklahoma, permit private parties rather than the state. So get this, they permit private parties rather than the state to bring a civil claim against someone who aids and abets, including by reimbursing costs in obtaining an abortion that violates those states' laws. So there's speculation that these claims may be brought against employers with plans that cover abortion services or that reimburse employee travel expenses for out-of-state abortions. Of course, courts will ultimately decide whether state criminal and civil laws can be applied to reimbursements where an abortion takes place in another state. Uh, but in the meantime, I would strongly suggest that employers evaluate their risks and they may want to consider the state uh, specific laws involved and the relevant terms of their plan documents and their liability insurance, <clears throat> excuse me, that they may have in place, such as DNO, uh, insurance directors and officers, indemnification insurance, and a risk of fiduciary liability coverage. Whole host of issues that come up yeah. related to that aiding and abetting piece. So, I mean, that's going to be an important factor first to know is in any state that you're making these provisions for, what is the state law yep. and, and what is the risk associated with, with that law? Um, yeah, and, 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 and at this if, point, do you know, I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot for this, but do you know about Missouri and Indiana? I know Illinois' position um, definitely, uh, they haven't changed their, their status, um, um, but what about Missouri and Indiana? Do you have any idea? And I, I don't right now okay. on the on the whole aiding and abetting piece. I don't. And and here's here's the issue. It's like, you know, do you as the employer want to be the test case for right. for yeah. any of these issues? I mean, if your state law prohibits aiding and abetting, I, I I do know that Texas and Oklahoma that have those fetal heartbeat laws, uh, that there is uh they, they, both of those states allow those civil claims against someone who aids and abets. And you know, if you're an employer in one of those states, and again, I'll look for Missouri and uh, in Indiana and uh, report back to you. If, if you're in one of those states, uh, do you want to be the test case? Do you want to potentially be on the hook individually uh, for uh, aiding and abetting an uh, abortion service in violation of the state law? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, so then that's, that's going to bring in a whole other issue then for our employ our employers who are listening and, and so let's move it down a channel let's make a basic assumption that there's um, a decision made that they're they're going to support uh, some services for travel and and different things and let's just say Missouri Indiana where um, where it won't be as liberal as Illinois is and in that case now you have confidentiality issues and so forth and I think the Department of Labor under wage and hours come up with some some new um, decisions or uh, survey results. Uh, I would like to just kind of explore some of the, the information around confidentiality and uh, HIPAA and then down to the wage and hour. Yeah, so that's, that's a, so I, I think you're, you're actually mixing a couple of topics here, but uh, let, let's talk about what Health and Human Services did in the last couple of days. So 
many states obviously have enacted or revived statutes limiting or, or barring access to abortion in the wake of the Dobbs decision. Uh, and uh, so, so enforcement of those limitations are generally going to require state officials to obtain information on abortion-related health services from the parties that are most directly involved and the protections provided by the privacy requirements adopted under HIPAA may significantly complicate that task. So in response to the Dobbs decision, the uh, US Department of Health and Human Services just issued guidance addressing how the HIPAA privacy requirements will limit access to private medical information relating to abortion and other sexual and reproductive health care held by HIPAA-covered entities like hospitals and clinics and the vendors that assist them in providing the healthcare services. So let me just stop there for one quick second. And Phil, we, we've talked about this numerous times on the program. We have employers that are constantly uh, throwing right. out the term HIPAA and that they are barred by HIPAA from talking about certain things or uh, disclosing certain things and they need to protect certain information. I wanna be very clear on this. Most employers, unless you are in the healthcare sector, unless you are actually a uh, healthcare provider or an insurance company, most employers are not HIPAA covered entities. There is, an, there is an exception if you as an employer are self-insured uh, and you all are administering your own health plan, then you may have HIPAA obligations, but most employers are not covered by HIPAA. Okay, so I want to make that very clear. And, and where now, those HIPAA obligations would lie would be within those exposed to the, the information and data, but not necessarily from manager to manager. Correct. But I do want to make an important uh, 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 follow-up comment here is that while in most employers are not HIPAA-covered entities and therefore do not have obligations under HIPAA, you probably do, almost every organization, in fact, every organization has a uh, duty and a responsibility under the Americans with Disabilities Act to protect people's PHI their protected health information. And so you do need to be very careful about discussing uh, employees' health-related conditions. And certainly I would say that anything related to an employee's uh, seeking uh, abortion-related services would be PHI that needs to be uh, controlled and, and protected within the workplace. Uh, so, so again, there, there's a distinction on which law covers that protected health information. Uh, for most employers, it's not HIPAA. For most, for most employers, it is instead uh, under the ADA. So in response to uh, the concerns about the Dobbs decision, uh, like I said, just a couple of weeks ago, the Department of Health and Human Services issued this guidance, and I'm not going to get into to the nitty gritty details of it, but uh, what it did was for HIPAA uh, covered employers, it basically described the types of permitted disclosures uh, that are permissible under HIPAA. And uh, just be aware that that's out there and that that exists. Uh, and that applies though to your healthcare plans 
and what they can disclose uh, to the states and to the um, to the uh, uh, the the the, the uh, members, the participants in the plans themselves. All right. Hey, let's um, let's just take a couple comments here from the um, chat line, uh, and then I want to look at the poll results. I'm going I'm going to just read one comment because I think it kind of sets the range of tone that we're going to deal with, and and then it's time to move on. Um, I think I think people are are ready to you know, make their decisions and move on. And we'll talk probably more about it when it gets closer to that time. But uh, just an interesting comment. We live in Illinois and the laws of Illinois are very liberal. So there will be uh, no changes. Um, Illinois Planned Parenthood will see an increase in services because other connecting states will recommend to come to Illinois for services, which is sad for the state of Illinois as they will be known for the state of death for babies. Point in that comment, is that it, it's, you know, it's a very, it's sad that state of death for babies, there's going to be sides taken that create the discussion in the workplace. And I think that leads to looking at this poll. And then I want to move on to a quick mental health discussion uh, quickly. So uh, Nick, can you share with us the poll results, please? Yes, we do have the largest response coming in over here as not likely. So that's yep. over 50% right there. Um, we we have somewhat likely. So uh, between those two, uh, I think in, in general and maybe before this discussion, <laughs> I don't know if opinions have changed, but, uh, you know, we're, we're not thinking it's going to creep in too much. We have very likely is small um, and absolute certainty. And uh, so it's there have been uh, several that have already had the effects, have seen the effects from it. Yeah. And, and I think that that probably looks close to the shape I would have expected to see, you know, at this stage with what we know and, and what we've seen uh, occur politically uh, in the news. So uh, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know about you, Bert. Yeah, it, it, I'm not surprised at all by those results. I, I think maybe if, if anything, uh, I would have expected the uh, not likely to be even larger uh, than it is. Uh, but but certainly I, I'm not surprised that it looks to be about probably 60 plus percent there. Yeah. Uh, one, we'll one say, thing Bert, I, Bert uh, just a snapshot. It was much larger piece of the pie before we got into our discussion. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, one one thing I will say, and, and this gets back to my personal position on issues that uh, that turn political in nature. Uh, unfortunately, you know, abortion, uh, there, there's very much passion on both sides of the issue. Uh, and a lot of it, it does fall on political lines. And that does get back to my point that I believe that employers should not wade into the fray uh, as far as debates about these issues go. There, there are employers that, that, you know, seem to relish the opportunity to wade into these debates. And from my perspective as legal counsel, uh, employers are better off not wading into uh, into the situation. Uh, you employers, uh, a, a business is a legal entity. It's something that exists on paper. It doesn't have. Uh, it's it's not an individual. It's not a it's not a set of people. It's 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 a set. It's a lot of individuals and lots of sets of people. And uh, organizations are comprised of the people who work there. Uh, and those folks are on all sides of the political spectrum. 
Uh, most organizations provide services to uh, people who are on all sides of the political spectrum. And uh, from my perspective, I don't know why an employer would take a risk uh, in, in uh, wading into these issues of, of you know, destroying uh, trust and competence of what might amount to half their workforce or half their half their customers. And uh, I, I just think that, you know, employers from a consistency and a fairness standpoint are better off clamping down on these things, these types of speech in the workplace. And I'm not just trying to reduce uh, the abortion discussion to being a discussion about speech. Uh, but but at the end of the day, it's what an employer is going to tolerate or not tolerate. And I think that's, that what is best for business, for the operation of the business, is to, to, to you know, not take a position on most of these issues uh, in the workplace. Right. And, and I, I am aligned with that. I think the challenge is... You have to take a position. An employer is going to take a position when they make a decision in, in a state where, like Missouri, where abortion is no longer allowed. If you're an employer in Missouri, you say, well, we're going to help pay for any portion of, of the travel or cost associated with it. That's taking the position unintentionally. You say, look, we're looking out for women's health. That's fine. That's a great position to take. I can support that position, but I, but that's taking a position, and that's where I think employers are going to have to be prepared in the event that the question comes up from someone from an opposing view on either side of which what you may take, and and it might just bring a different tone to this year's benefit enrollment uh, than it has in the past. Having done hundreds of these. I can tell you the the questions that come up. Sometimes I'm like, "How do you even think of things like?" I would have never. I was never prepared for that question. How come I only get 15 physical therapy sessions? How come I don't get this for mental health? How come my dental plan only covers $1,200, but my root canal costs, you know, $4,000? It's like you get all these questions, and I just think this one's ripe to put management on the spot to make a statement. And I think being able to say what you just said in a statement independently of the decision you made mm -hmm. is going to be a clever statement. You're, yeah. you're going to have to say it carefully and bring it to a close and move it forward. Um, That's exactly right. That yeah. wrap, wrap it up in a box. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, sweep it under the carpet, but say, we are not taking, uh, you know, positions on this one way or another. If, uh, if, if people need these services that are available, if you don't need these services, then don't use them. Uh, if we're not making a political statement one way or the other, uh, but we are, we are moving forward through the issue. Right. Anyway, Bert, we're at it. We did not get to um, the letter that was issued by um, uh, who was it here by uh, the Department of Labor, the fact sheet on mental health conditions. Maybe we'll get to that uh, at the start of the program next week, 730 Central Time. We'll see you back there then. Bye bye. Tell your story, promote your products, communicate with your employees and customers vividly.
dynamically and powerfully. Whether it's a company video, recruitment video, online training, or live meeting, Feature Group can help you from scripting to highly polished finished production. Whether it's live or on demand, we have the skills and equipment to wow your audience and drive your message home. Feature Group USA, the one-stop shop for all your broadcasting needs.